Welcome to the Art and Life Podcast with your host, Taylor Gallegos. Art exists all around us, in all directions, from all walks of life. We just need to know how to see it. The Art and Life Podcast is an experiment in an audio format that focuses on the art and philosophy involved with different people and their life paths. This experiment is intended to inspire you in your creative pursuits, whatever they may be. Follow along as I interview movers and shakers from all walks of life. It's possible to make a life from your art, skill, craft, or vision. These interviews showcase that fact. Listen while you work. Listen while you create. Listen while you dream up the next big breakthrough. First off, I want to say thank you for listening. The people being interviewed and I are two parts of the podcast, but it wouldn't be complete without you, the listener. I very much appreciate your attention and your energy, and I hope you get as much out of this as I do. If you enjoy what you hear, you can join me on this artistic journey in many ways. You can subscribe to the show, leave a review, and share it around. You can join the conversation on the Art and Life Facebook group, where we discuss topics from the shows. You can join my email list on my website at taylorgallegosart.com on the contact page, and while you're there, check out the new artwork I've been creating. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at taylorgallegosart. And finally, you can support my art and the Art and Life podcast on my Patreon page. Just search Taylor Gallegos Art. So again, a deep and sincere thank you for being here. Now, on to the good stuff. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos. Today with me is a very special guest. She's awesome. She is music. It's cool how the word muse is in music. It's so connected. And uh, we dive into that a lot, the concept of the muse and the actual three-dimensional artist's connection to the energy of the muse and how that relationship works. We dive into all sorts of cool stuff. This human being that you're about to hear has a lot of depth to her and you're gonna hear it. You're gonna feel it. It's awesome. She's fantastic. You ready? Maybird for you. Cheers. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. I am your host, Taylor Gallegos, and with me today is a very special guest from across the Atlantic Ocean. We are joined by this wonderful being. She's musical. She's awesome in so many ways that you're going to get to hear about. And uh, yeah, Maybird, thanks for being on the show. Hello, Taylor. Thanks for inviting me. Ah, thanks for joining. It's uh, it's really nice to connect, and I'm I'm just really excited to have you on on the podcast. Yay! 
So uh, why don't we begin? You can start by telling us who you are, where you're from, how you got to where you're at, and uh, what it is you do with your life. Okay. It's a lot of questions. Hmm. So I was born in a little town in the north of England called Heckman Wyke. And um, the culture of that town was really steeped in um, coal mining and milling and growing probably a lot of turnips um, for a long time. And I have, I also have a lot of Scottish ancestors. Mm. And I always loved to sing. I used to dance in front of the mirror, make up strange songs. And when I was four, my mother died and music became even more important to me. I think I sung my way through a lot of difficulty and I have a really amazing family who were really there for me. Mm. And I always felt a bit like an alien. I still do. Mm. Space cat, pixie, alien. Um, there are definitely some human in there, but that's not the whole story at all. Um, my mum used to say to my grandma, where does she come from, mum? I don't understand. What is this being? And um, so my school years were quite strange. I didn't really feel like I understood the social, the social stuff, the expectations. So I used to spend most of my free time in the music room on the piano, making songs and Hmm. Yeah, I did get caught, caught up in the idea of having to please, having to do something productive, do something proper. So I, I also have a biomedical science degree, which I haven't thought about really since I graduated when I was 21. I just turned 30. Um, and since I graduated, I've been following, pretty much following my gypsy blood wherever it wants to go. I just picked up my guitar and had like 200 pounds and started hitchhiking around Europe. And somehow my heart found its way to the most amazing people. First started meditating and playing in yoga retreat centers and singing mantras in Corfu in an Osho community. Osho was the guru, the famous guru, you know, in the 70s in India and then moved to Oregon. Um, I spent time with a lot of people that live with him. It's quite controversial, isn't he? But the people that I met have held me through so much and they're amazing, amazing people. Started meditating and dropping into dropping into my heart dropping into really dropping into my healing journey and and the journey of alchemy of the emotional body and um of bringing manifesting my my soul in in this time yeah 
Mm. Yeah, and I, and I feel very much focused on singing, singing in the new paradigm, singing in the golden age where we can restore the earth to her original pristine beauty and we can, we can figure out who we are and stop fighting. And that's what I sing for. And I feel that I channel the goddess. Um, unconditional love, definitely focused on unconditional love. The idea that there is nothing, nothing that cannot be forgiven. Definitely feel Kuan Yin a lot, you know, the, the beautiful, that beautiful frequency of compassion. I try and sing for that. I ask her to move through me a lot. And yeah, and now I'm back in the aisles of my birth after being away for a long time, after being away for nine years. I had an intuition to come back right before the intensity of the COVID things started happening. And now I've found some roots in an amazing community in Wales and I'm just about to embark on recording a full length album of things that I've, of, of sounds that I've created, co-created. Yeah. That is really exciting. That's so cool. You're, uh, it's like the return home and then 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 you're gonna record your album it's like uh, it reminds me of the hero's journey of you know setting out on your own to find your way and just see where adventure takes you and where life takes you and then you kind of meandered here and meandered there and then you bring all that uh experience and wisdom back home and then and then like really like put it back into the earth, back into the, the land that you're from. Is it, are people, are you connecting with people from uh, your past now? Have you done a lot of that? Or are you kind of just like laying low doing your thing? I mean, COVID totally made it challenging. It's to like reconnect with people in general. Hmm. I did a lot of reconnecting with my family when I got back. I got back, not last, not this winter solstice, but the one before. So like a, almost a year and a half ago. And I spent six months living with my dad and my stepmom and my three half siblings. The first time that I've been back in that house since I was 18, really. That was intense. And very necessary, you know, to face the roots of some some demons that turn out to be friends, you know. And um, I love my grandparents so much, particularly my grandmas. And there's also a big flood of, of, not a big flood, I don't have so many friends from younger days of being in these aisles, but I do have a few and they, there's been a lot of weddings. There's a lot of marriages happening. Um, and it's funny, sometimes I compare my life. I think I asked, I asked myself the question the other day, do I wish that I was quote unquote more normal? And uh, no, no is the answer. I don't judge that. And I see that they're very happy and I'm really happy for them. 
but for me I'm, I, I just have to create my own reality because what what most people feel is normal is is so difficult for me at the moment I'm living with no electricity in a in a Celtic reciprocal roof framed roundhouse which you can google if you want there's some amazing pictures um and I live on land I cook with fire and my dad just came to visit me recently and he said sometimes may I just you know I love you and and I'm really proud of you but I just wish could you just not choose a slightly easier path you know and I said I sort of sat and thought about it for a minute and then I said you know, Dad, I find it easier collecting wood and cooking on fire and trudging through the mud sometimes because it rains a lot here in Wales um, just to get water, to make a cup of tea in the morning. I find all of that so much easier than sitting in a box all day working for somebody who I don't know and who doesn't care about me to earn money to then pay for the electricity and the, and the gas to cook my food and heat me. I genuinely feel that way. Yeah, so it's, but it's taken me a long time to really, to not feel ashamed and also to not judge, you know, really to, to come from this place of everybody is free to do as they feel and there's nothing wrong with either choice or all in between. And just to, yeah, to sit in myself and be like, okay, this is who I am and that's okay. And, and to really live from that place. And I think that's, why I haven't really, I mean, I have an EP that I recorded three years ago, but I think that's really why I haven't been able to start to manifest what my soul wants to manifest in a, in a, in a, in a more grounded way, in a more um, whole way, because I, I really needed to get how I wanted to live straight in myself. I really needed to be like, okay, no, I know who I am now. And I think that's, what happens for a lot of us during our Saturn return. So our Saturn returns to where it was in our birth chart when around 27 to 30. And I just had mine big time and it can be really dramatic. Mm. It can be quite difficult because Saturn wants us to step up and and um, do the work, do the work to, to manifest what we're here to manifest. It's kind of like, stop messing around. I'm going to take that away. I'm going to take that away. I'm going to put you here because this is where you need to be. And that's just what happened. And, and now I'm living in an amazing community. And it's not, to, it's not to say that it's now everything is sunshine and rainbows. I don't think it, everything is going to be sunshine and rainbows. Um, I think there's so much in this world for me that isn't okay. And that needs to be felt also. But to be to be grounded in a place where I feel safe and I feel like there's other beings around me that want to resonate in the same, want to dance around in the same kind of magical reality that I want to create for, for the world. It's really amazing. I feel so grateful. Yeah. And <clears throat> talking about your groundedness, I met you, I think it was two or three years ago and you were talking about your, like your, your, vision for yourself and your music and wanting to take it to the next level and um but it seemed like in your life in your personal life you were still traveling you were still it was like like without that home base 
you really can't give your all to the art that you're making. You need like a, like a ceramics artist needs a, an art, art studio, a painter needs, you know, this and that, like musicians need, like we need a place, like an incubation like zone to create that where the art can just have this like consistent, continuous love that gets put into it. And when that happens, then it all starts to develop and grow. But if that element, if your own personal life and your, your element, that element isn't like totally settled, then it's, um, then it's harder to do. And it seems like you have now found that place where like your life is settling, not sunshine and rainbows, but at least you're like sleeping in the same spot, you know, consistently for a time and you, you have gotten your flow and, and when you can get your flow down, then you can start focusing on the bigger, on the higher level growth. Yeah, there are, there are some sunshine and rainbows, just to let you know. Okay, yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I mean, I can see in the video, there's sunshine coming in right now. Yeah, there is. It's been really sunny today. I even went in the sea and it was oh. absolutely freezing. I'll, I'll bet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different ocean than it is here. Well, completely different, but crystal clear and beautiful and very... Um, revitalizing <laughs> yeah um one thing i was hoping you could talk about for a second is um your relationship to tea and tea ceremony tea yeah i know you I, I, if i remember correctly you really <laughs> love tea i love tea right now i have some earl gray going on a little bit of honey yeah mm. I think it's just magnified when I go to this, when I was in the States, you know, we met in the States. It's very sort of expected that English people really like tea. <laughs> I think it's particularly like in here, it's not so magnified. I mean, I, I do really like tea. I used to work in a tea shop that had like 200 kinds of tea and we used to do tea ceremony and with really good pua, which is tea that's aged in caves. Well, traditionally aged in caves, fermented and aged in caves. Um, and tea is kind of the reason why I ended up meeting you in some ways. I was invited to, to um, serve tea in the Kuan Yin Tea House in um, Burning Man and Beloved, which is why I ended up staying on in the States. And, I served tea in a teepee in Burning Man. Um, really good pua, pua tea, really expensive, fancy, amazing, high quality pua tea in a teepee in Burning Man. That was fun. I feel like tea is, hmm, an opportunity to slow down, you know. like a little meditation i'm not going to deny that i also really like caffeine and i can't really handle the coffee anymore um since a long time i do like i do like my cup of earl grey in the morning probably similar to how you like your cup of coffee and something about grounding as well you know it's like something in my in my in my family we always when, when i when i arrive it's like let's put the kettle on something that brings us all together and something that we have in common 
Mm. Yeah, I think that's what tea is for the English. It's a sort of a grounding ritual. And for many cultures, not just English people, but I can only really speak for myself. It's funny that you brought that up. I was not expecting that question. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like to throw some little curveballs at you. Um, what was your experience of Burning Man like? Hmm. I'm sure that there are many, many good people there. There were, I met a lot of amazing people and I'm sure that when it started, the roots of it are really, really mm, beautiful and and um, radical and like also very heart-centered. But I, I have to say, it might sound judgmental. I renamed it Petrol Fest because there's just the amount of resources that it takes to to create essentially a city in the middle of the desert. And it's, there's so much beauty. I mean, there's so much amazing art. And I had, I met so many amazing people really on the forefront of, of creating a new paradigm for the earth. And the, the, and the container for it just seemed so absurd. <laughs> it was absurd. It was absurd. Yeah, definitely absurd. And then, and I enjoyed cycling around in the, in the, in the white out and in the morning with the sun rising. And honestly, I ended up going to bed at about like 9 p.m. every night because I just felt exhausted by all the energy and particularly sensitive. Um, and I think there's some, there's some dark side, there's some dark sides to Burning Man that I definitely witnessed too. Some difficulties. Um, yeah. Some, some escapism, you know, but it isn't, it is essentially a reflection of what's happening in the wider world. We can't escape that wherever we go. Mm. Yeah, but we had compost toilets. <laughs> so I was happy. <laughs> I think we were one of the only camps that had compost toilets. So that might sound strange, but that's something that makes me feel really happy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah, it's such a, well, it's just such a multifaceted experience and everybody's having their own experience of it. And it's just this big container for everybody to do whatever they want to do as long as they don't bother somebody else. And so then you're going to get every, every sort of shade of every color of experience going. And some people in their lives are, dealing with escapism and then Burning Man gives you an opportunity to really dive into that or really dive into this or that or whatever. And um, I would say that it's a very, it's a choose your own adventure. So, yes. you know, you and I can go and 15 people can go and everybody will have a completely different experience. And you might go to sleep at 9 p.m. every night and I might go to sleep at 9 a.m. every night and or every morning. And it's like, uh it's wild and the 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 petrol fest element is really interesting too because yeah there's so much energy to get everybody out there there's so much that gets burned and destroyed there i guess in my mind what i would what i like to think what i choose to like the story i choose to like connect with it is that 
what happens there is like worth all of what we can learn from it and take into the rest of the world like yes there's this like amount of burning of fossil fuels and energy and stuff and whatever but um like the overall experience like leaves everybody with enough like with with the nuggets that everyone takes with them then that ends up like offsetting what's get what gets done there out in the real world like like one time i went i was helping with a uh with the kitchen at this one camp i got a free ticket Haley and i got free tickets to work in this kitchen and she was the head chef and i basically took over the dishwashing pit and through that experience i was like leading the dishes the whole time breakfast lunch and dinner i was like on the i had volunteers that would help me but i was like running the whole thing and i got really good at washing dishes with like very little water and that experience like taught me how to conserve water in the process of washing dishes so now like in the sink i'll like make a big basin or like i'll make a bowl with soapy water and i'll like do stuff and so it's just like it just changed my world and in a lot of ways in so many ways and i would like to think that hopefully like what it took to get there and all the burning of everything is offset by my understanding of reality now not a, it doesn't happen to everybody but it's such an interesting place I love that story. <laughs> I love that your story is about washing dishes. Oh, yeah. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I love washing dishes. It's like a, a time of meditation and, you know, a, a time to slow down. And, like, every, every glass you wash is an opportunity to be more present with it and to, like, sharpen into the moment of now. And it's really cool. Um. Why don't you talk a little bit about your music and what mm. you have going now and what your approach is? I mean, like compassion being one of the underlying themes, but um, where are you at with like the development of an album and what's your overall vision and all, all this stuff? Just, just go ahead and talk about it. Mm. So I feel like it's been in the process. The songs have been coming through for about two years, maybe a bit more, two and a half years. Um, I say coming through to explain what I mean by that is I don't feel like it's, um, I don't feel like my mind, I don't feel like I sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write a song about this. I'm going to write a song about, um, and I, I just, I can't think, I don't work that way. It, a lot of the time it, it really does feel like it's coming through. It's like, um, <laughs> I just got the analogy of like a telepathic um, phone call from the muse, the muses, whichever muse happens to want to move through me in that moment. And, and it's a co-creation. I'm not going to say that I am not a part of it. I don't think that it's just, I don't, I don't feel that I'm such a, an open vessel that I just let, the muse come through and I don't have any, I don't make any imprint on it. And actually I wouldn't want that. I like the fact that it's a co-creation. Hmm. I feel that the land, the land spirits come through me. Um, the, the place where I'm in is very informative. It, it 
yeah, I, feel, I really feel the land. I think the first song that uh, that came through on this album that I'm going to make came through in Northern California, and and I, I felt it was the trees, kind of relating it to me. It's called "Be Here Now." I felt like they were singing to me about about <clears throat> why is your mind always wandering? They be here now. Look, look what's going on around you. Maybe, maybe you could. Maybe you could sing, sing about that. But it's not in it's not it's not in words like that. It's just difficult to explain without using the words, you know. It's more like a feeling, and and this this concept is really this concept of hearing the whispers of the wild, so to speak, is 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 the name of the album. I think I think the album is called Whispers of the Wild. I like that. That's great. It's cool. Uh, I had this painter on not too long ago on the podcast, and he said that photography is like a creative expression through the filter of a machine, and a painting is a creative expression through the filter of a human, and and paint, and it's kind of like your music. Music is through the, your music is the muse filtered through Maybird. And, you know, like your filter does have an effect and you are making decisions, um, kind of guiding the ship, but the, it's like the wind and the sails is the muse and the land spirits and the energy of everything coming through you. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally what it feels like. Hmm. Yeah, it feels um sometimes it feels difficult to really claim that, you know, I feel like maybe most people in the world and for sure most artists maybe are more, more artists maybe more aware of all the little voices that, that we carry, like, oh you're a fraud or Oh, I think I think a lot of the reason why another reason why I haven't really put myself out with with the music that I'm creating is because I'm so incredibly conscious of it not being from the wrong place or that that I don't want to use it to to feed to feed the parts of me that don't feel worthy just for being who I am. So I think I spent a lot of time just singing to the trees and singing to the land and not really wanting to sing to people because I was afraid that I was going to be doing that in order to gain some sort of recognition that to, to validate myself, which ultimately I know and knew, always knew somehow deep down that that could only ever really come from myself. But now I feel like I'm in a place where I've cultivated enough self-love and I've been on, I can really hold myself and, and I feel, I'm starting to feel confident that it's not coming from, from that place, that there's really something that wants to come through. And I think that's something that I really, I'm really sensitive to. I really want to know that I want to, that I really want to know that I am 
working for the highest and best good. But ultimately, I think when we believe that and we and we keep intending that, that's when we do know. But hmm. I don't know. This is getting very um, spiritual. But but for me, the music, the music and my spirituality cannot be separated. So no, and that's that's art, and that's. I mean, I feel the same way and I've come to similar understandings of my art and where it comes from. And uh, in the Celestine Prophecy, the book, they talk about the ego versus soul and talks about the ego being the part of us that gets formed in childhood that is trying to get energy and attention from our parents. And then that that is what we take out into the world. And until we become aware of that, we're just really trying to get energy from other people and uh I mean and I had a realization I don't know eight years ago that my ego was completely in control like it was driving the boat in terms of my art and my art was a way to try to get energy from the outside world to get notoriety and get um like love coming towards me basically and then I had and so then with that realization, at one point, I just like stopped making art for a while for, I don't know, maybe like a couple months. And because I didn't want to do that anymore, I didn't want to feed that part of me. And, but there was still this energy that wanted to come through and it was pure and it did, and I didn't need to do it and show anybody. I didn't need to do, so then I started making art and just not showing anyone and just being like a creative expression and then from there, it has just grown from, I would say, like a more grounded space and that and, but I had to have that have that realization that like, ego was driving the boat. And now it's like a continuous, like coming back to the soul space for the creative energy. And when your creativity comes from there, it really doesn't matter who sees it or hears it or anything like, and and, uh, and if they do, it's not for your own validation. It's because the energy of it is pure and you want to share it with people for their, their good and the good of the world and all these things. And that was my experience. So I'm right there with you. Totally. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't say that I'm, comp yeah, I hear you. I can't say that I'm completely at the place of of I don't feel that I'm totally pure in a sense like I still recognize myself <clears throat> feeling comp competitive having this idea that there's not enough space for me to do what I want to do having some jealousy or envy for other musicians that I that actually when I look inside it's that I really respect them um, all these feelings, still, still, still looking at how many people have watched my video. Um, I don't want to deny that these, these ways that we've been kind of conditioned to behave, they're still there. And I, and I feel like it's important to express that because I think that we can, we can, we maybe don't want to, we don't want to admit that. I don't sometimes see an, enough people for me admitting that it would it puts me at ease because we don't have to be completely pure or this kind of we don't have to be 
we don't have to be Buddha in order to do good things for the world. It's about, it's about where, for me, it's about where I'm, I can choose where I come from. So I can watch this thought, oh, I'm jealous of this person. Oh, I feel competitive. Oh, I feel sad because I only have this many people who listen to this song. And I can then hold that energy and be like, okay, I feel you old, old disappointment. I feel you old, old feelings of unworthiness. And I, I'll hold you now in love and I, and I want to release you because actually now I'm choosing to move from a different place. I'm choosing to move from the idea that I am good enough. I am worthy. What I'm doing is for the highest and best good. And, and so like, goodbye. And just keep doing that over and over again. Yeah, I yeah. totally, totally. And I am definitely not completely pure and it's not, um, it, I don't think it's a, it's like you cross the finish line into purity and then you're good to go. It's not like you <laughs> yeah. can enlightenment and then you're like, oh, cool. I'm never going to create from the ego ever again. My ego is never going to come in. It's like the visualization I have of it is like the ego is like a set of goggles and they are kind of heavy and they always like try to slide down onto your face over your eyes and you almost don't even realize when they're there, but then you can you'll start acting and feeling and having those thoughts and then you can uh, I'd say that one big turning point is when you can identify that those are the thoughts and feelings that are coming through and then you can say like oh yeah these goggles slipped on again let me take those off you put them on yeah. the top of your head and you're not looking through them anymore and then you're like okay what's real what matters love connection honesty art these things and then you can get back to that and then of course the next day your, your goggles are going to start to slide on again and then you got to like it's like a continuous thing like that's the human experience for sure that's the like grappling between the ego and the soul always and it on and every single human has it and will always have it hmm. in my opinion <laughs> yeah no i agree i agree i i just wanted to let anybody out there know Uh, to know that to know that hmm, we do not have to be completely healed completely pure in order to do something good yeah at all it doesn't work that way and really like the doing something good is the it's the vehicle that you take to work through that battle yeah definitely it's the it's like the activity that you do while this little battle inside of your psyche is going on where your ego is always like hey are you sure that's good enough because you know i saw someone on instagram who was doing something that was really cool and i'm not sure if you'll ever be that and then your soul's like it doesn't matter because you're you are you and you're creating in this moment and that's the only thing that matters mm -hmm. <laughs> do you want to transition into the uh, question section okay all right so again these are four questions that i ask everybody and you can take it wherever you want so the first question 
is about a breakthrough moment that you had in your life. And I would say that hearing your story, the breakthrough would be maybe more like a breakaway because you had your life, you went to school, you got your degree, you were going in one direction and then you completely shifted gears. What was the moment where you made the decision or you, you turned right and you switched gears from your biomedical degree and you went mm. and you followed your heart. Hmm. There's so many, <clears throat> so many layers to a possible answer. Um, yeah. In some sense, in a, in a big sense, what I was doing with going to school, um, the choices that I made up until the point when I did break away were based on the fear. Um, and I don't, I don't judge myself for that. I understand based on the fear of what my family would think, based on wanting to please other people, based on um, fear of, well, what, how would I take care of myself? How would I eat? Um, if I don't go to school and get a good job, then, then who will I be? It's quite, it, mm, yeah, it was an existential crisis actually in order to, and I went through an existential crisis in order to come up the other side and decide to break through. And actually maybe the two things were at two, were one thing. An existential crisis meant that I had to break out, break away, because the people around me and the reality that I was surrounded by and that I was agreeing to, actually, you know, I don't like the idea that I'm a victim. I was agreeing to it, um, was suffocating, actually. And I felt like I couldn't breathe. And I, and I was actually very depressed. I was squat, I felt really squashed. And I, and I, I started to hear messages from my own heart or from my guides or my angels or whatever framing you want to put it to, put to it. I think the first thing I ever remember hearing very clearly like that was stop judging, let go of judgment. When I was about 18, I remember hearing that really clearly. I think I'd been in contact with that a lot when I was a child, but I've forgotten a lot of that. Um, that voice, that presence. Yeah, stop judging me. And I, I, I'm still working with that, like, you know, 10, more than 10 years later, I still sit with that every day. What would it be like if I didn't judge myself and if I didn't let anybody judge me and if I stopped judging other people for the decisions and the life, life that they're living? Wow, the freedom of that. That's something that I really want. <laughs> I don't mind that it's a high ideal. I like to think about it. Um, 
but I felt really judged. I felt really judged and I was judging other people a lot. Like, why are you doing, why are you, why are you living this normal life? Why can't you understand how terrible it is what you're doing to the earth? No, 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 no. I had a lot of rage actually, and a lot of sadness and a lot of confusion. And I still do sometimes. Confused at the state of the world. I liked your um, Burning Man analogy because it kind of spreads out for me into actually like earth, our earth reality. It's like hoping, choosing to believe that the destruction and the difficulty and the war and the, the pain that we experience here is worth it for what we come away with. I actually could see it in a, in a you taught that you were talking about a microcosm of a macrocosm like that, that it could spread out and that kind of made me feel a sense of peace about it all and at the same time I do feel like things need to change not in a sort of urgent kind of violent sense of like what are you doing I mean I have a car you know I, I don't know I think as souls, we need to go through our journey and, and not judge, try not to judge what's happening. And at the same time, I've, I've just, what started me in my breakaway-ing was this sense that something is wrong. And I think for a long time, I felt that that was me, which is why I found school and all these things so difficult. But then I realized actually, I don't think it is me. I know that there's, some aspects of that that live in me and that I am contributing to for sure but that's not who I am and and actually there's so much that if we if we could change some things it, it yeah for me some things are really not okay and uh, there's no amount of meditating for me personally that's going to make that better um, and at the same time forgiveness and compassion are the ways in my opinion that we change things or the energy in which we change things mm. it's complicated isn't it <laughs> um. <laughs> that's great <laughs> yeah no i think you're right i mean forgiveness and compassion is the way that we connect with somebody with with things with situations that need to be changed uh and then and then moving forward in a positive direction of of the change it's like you can't just have forgiveness for something that is going to continue to happen and just letting things off the hook because then nothing changes and then it's just like looking the other way but in order to have positive change there has to be a forgiveness there has to be a compassionate element to it or else people or else everyone just goes on the defensive and then battle positions get taken and then nothing happens all right great i like that nice job um <laughs> all right so now the next question is surrounding the concept of flow state so mm -hmm. flow state or being in the zone or full presence these are it's just it's like a, a space of creation and connectedness uh that that people from all walks of life feel musicians artists creatives, mathematicians, athletes, uh, everybody. Now, what would be, what's the first thought of a memory that you have of being in flow and what you were doing and what that was like? 
My first memory of being in flow. Uh, it doesn't have to be the first memory. It's just the first one that comes to mind. Okay. So many memories come to mind. I mean, dancing. Sometimes I actually find it easier to get out of the way and get into a flow state dancing than I do singing. I think because I care so much about the singing and the music, I can get really like, my, my, that kind of critical mind is very strong in that space. Sometimes I dance before I, I get to work as, so to speak, with the music or, or do yoga or something to, or some breathing in order to, to create some space for the flow state to occur. Yeah, I think, yeah, because I care so much about it, it can sometimes be tricky to get in a flow state with the music. Um, and nature, you know, being, being, being with the wild, being with the plants, that really, really helps me being in, be in a flow state. I don't feel, I think because they're so non-judgmental and they're so, they're so always in that flow state, it rubs off, doesn't it? It allows us to enter that too. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, all right, now next question is, what would your advice be to aspiring creatives? And these are creatives of all backgrounds, all walks of life, all different creative disciplines. Wow. My advice. Oh. Do it for love. Find anything, anything that you feel passionate about, even if it's fixing cars or making biscuits or like tap into that energy of, of love, loving something. Hmm. Do it for, yeah, do it for love. Hmm. Don't let anybody judge you. Be as freaky as you want. Um. <laughs> and spend less time on the screen. Spend more time with the trees. Even if it's just a houseplant. Or your cat oh. let yourself daydream let yourself be bored don't always look for something to fill that daydreaming is really important let go of the idea that there's something that you should be doing all the time that that, that you need to be producing something to be worthy i feel like you know this idea that we only use a tiny portion of our brain is because 
in some ways we we're always we're always in the we always have a tendency to be in the in the left brain so much you know even even with art what does this mean what where is this going what do i what do i want it to say mm. just just allowing the eyes to to get a bit out of focus and just let the mind wander into the images and the and the strange the strange abstractness of the right brain i think is really really important and and finding a way then for the two sides of the brain to work together you know because they're both really important one side is helping us to awaken to our intuition that that we've had suppressed and have been suppressing for a long time in my opinion and the other side helps us to ground that and be like how you know have the discipline to learn a skill in which to channel it mm. but I feel like we can get really stuck on the, on the one side and uh, I feel like the, the, particularly the western world is, is stuck on the on the one on the left brain and yeah daydreaming daydreaming is good don't let anybody don't let school tell you it's not really is yeah totally and that is a message that we all get stop daydreaming yeah daydreaming is the work <laughs> uh, all right next question this is the last and final question this is the big one what's your definition of art mm. Oh, I feel like I have to sing about that one. It's so big. <laughs> oh. Art is everything. Everything is art. The whole of creation is art. The goddess is the artist. Hmm. <laughs> And that's the amazing thing. When, when we paint a picture, it can be dark or light, or all the colors in between. And, and, uh, and, it, and looking at it helps us to learn about ourselves. And I think that's what the goddess, that's what creation is doing with us and with the whole of existence. It's painting a big picture in order to learn about the nature of itself. And then it'll hang that one on the wall and do another one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Totally. Art is the universe observing itself. It's a good answer. <laughs> totally. All right. Well, you did great on the question section. Nice job. Um, this is the part of the interview where I thank my guest for being on the show. So Maybird, it's really awesome that you made time and you got, you got to a spot where you got electricity and, and zoom and you shared your ideas 
and you're sharing your ideas and your perspectives and your energy with everybody. And uh, it's really cool, like meeting you and hearing your music and the way that you sing it and express it. Uh, and I've said this before, it's like when I heard it, it was like kind of like nothing I've ever heard before in the way that it was delivered and the way that you did it. And I feel like when I experienced it, it made me, it kind of made me rethink how I was as an artist. And it made me reassess that and made me want like desire for a deeper connection to myself and the muse and the moment and presence. And um, yeah, it's a, your art, your, your creativity, it's, it's really powerful and, uh, and beautiful. And so you're awesome. So thanks for being on the show. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> and, uh, and so then for all the listeners, Maybird is, is recording an album and you are doing a GoFundMe of sorts for like raising money for the album and where can people connect with you and support you in this journey? Okay, so I have um, a Facebook page. That's, um, you can search Maybird, M-A-E and bird, like a bird that flies with wings, B-I-R-D. And on there, there is a link to my Just, Just Giving account. And I accept good energy words of encouragement and money as donations. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Those are good donations. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm really excited. I know you're going to end up getting what you need and you're going to make the album and it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it because I've gotten to hear lots of your music and it's amazing. <laughs> Everyone can trust me on that. And uh, yeah, it's going to be cool to see what you what you do with it all. So uh, at this point, we are done with part one. We're going to take a break real quick and then we'll get into part two. But before we end part one, can you give the people one more bit of wisdom? And this can be about anything at all. Hmm. Be gentle. Be gentle with yourself. Be gentle with the people around you. Be gentle with the earth. And yeah, know that as intense things as things are right now. I, yeah, I really believe that. Hmm. The transformation is going to be so worth it. Just remember, remember to have moments of gentleness in your day. I'm also saying this to myself. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, great. Well, that's part one. We'll be right back. Again, this podcast is brought to you by High Ground Coffee, an adventure coffee brand with a new twist on brewing coffee, wherein you steep coffee like it's a tea. You just drop a packet in hot water and you go. It's the newest way to brew coffee and it's awesome. 
Use coupon code TAYLOR at checkout for 15% off. Visit them at myadventurecoffee.com. That's myadventurecoffee.com. And we're back. All right, here we are, part two. Maybird, we we did part one and it worked. Um, we're basically in bonus time now, so everything's a little bit more relaxed and chill. What did you think of part one? Yeah, it's interesting. I've never done anything like this before. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And it's cool. The whole thing's kind of an evolution. Uh, season one, I didn't do any part twos to any of the episodes, and that's a new addition. And the questions have been an evolution. And it's, it's really fun how the whole thing's growing like a work of art itself. Um, so part two, what I've been doing recently is I've been giving, we've been playing kind of a game. So I've got three questions and three concepts that we can go off of. So it's up to you. Do you want to hear the list of questions to choose from or the list of concepts to choose from? I like questions. You like questions. All right. These are the three questions. You can choose one of them and answer it and uh that'll be our jump off point so question one what's the meaning of life <laughs> question two what happens when we die mm. question three what does love feel like mm. those are your questions you can choose one. Oh. They're all so big. That's part two right there. That's how we... <laughs> what was the second one? What happens when we die? Mm. Wow. What happens when we die is... It's a big one. What I believe happens when we die. That's what you want me to answer. Yeah. It's been an evolution for me to, a big, a big evolution for me to even consider, to truly be able to consider that there is something more than my body goes into the earth and I become a tree or a <clears throat> spider or a mushroom or it's it's taken a while to really open up to the idea that there is something else that my who I am integrally my essential self doesn't become reabsorbed and fragmented into all the different organisms of the earth and that's and and reincarnate in that sense i feel like but really over the last particularly like few years i really have gotten into this place of <clears throat> seeing that that reincarnation in a more like buddhist sense could could be true for me 
So then do you feel like there's individual souls that are on like kind of a karmic wheel that continue through? And how the inter interesting thing about individual souls is mm -hmm. that then you have this like juxtaposition between the individual souls and then the collective like soul of it all. Mm -hmm. And and so then like you have, okay, so there's a soul like in you. And then when you die, your body passes and then the, your soul goes on to the next level or the next person or, you know, and so there's this like, so then when you zoom out from that, you've got like however many souls sort of like shuffling through this elevator of existence. And I don't know, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about it. We don't really know, right? Yeah. Do you feel like because you were so science-based before, it had you looking at things through that lens? Yeah, and also because I was brought up very non-religious, like even anti, somewhat like probably anti-religious. Like my dad is really <clears throat> anti-religious. Um, yeah, then, I mean, when my mom died, they did talk about her as an angel. So there was this sort of, there is some openness to it. I feel like the way that our human minds can conceptualize reality, it needs to be in a linear sense. Like this is just an, an idea that makes sense to me. It needs to be on an, in a linear way, in a, in a fragmented way, because if we, we, we just, we don't have the capacity of yet, like something like we'd explode if we could really see it all. So yeah. we see it in linear fragmented ways but really everything is happening now and we're really multi-dimensional i feel like i'm really multi-dimensional i feel like there's so many versions of myself all existing at the same time and then i feel like i start to even have um flashes where i i could i'm communing i'm communing with different parts of myself doing different things in different time space yeah particularly things from from difficult past life experiences have been coming through and this is a way that i've been reframing the reframing the way i look at my mental health or my my difficulty with my psyche um sometimes is that um the really strong emotions that i have coming through me sometimes I are from a different version of myself that hasn't been able to integrate that trauma. And so it's, it's calling to me through an emotion to listen to it and to love it and to, to hold it and bring it back to, I had a funny vision the other day. It's kind of like the council of May, you know, like it comes back and it sits down in the room in my heart with all the other maze and can be like okay i'm gonna like i can i can relay what i learned in this lifetime to us all now because i'm not just a fragmented sort of traumatized energy hmm. i like that idea it helps me i like to do i like things that feel helpful things i feel like yeah we get to choose right i mean this is always what i come down to really there's it doesn't really feel like there's an ultimate truth 
sometimes there probably is but we are we're all experiencing it and from our own perspective and so well that could be the ultimate. get to choose what did you say well that could be the ultimate truth is that there's like one sort of consistent energy almost like a picture a prism with light like light the ultimate truth is that there is energy there's light and then there's a prism which is our view of it all and then that prism is what creates the refracting of the light in whatever way we want so we could look at it as reincarnation and our prism of reincarnation is going to refract the light the way that it works and it's true like it like from that perspective with that prism it it works that way or if you look at it with a different prism you know of whatever many souls or yada yada like all the prisms do different things and they all are like create this reality in a quote-unquote true way so I guess what I'm saying is like everybody can be right at the same time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so amazing. Yeah. Isn't it so amazing? There's space for everybody, everybody's ideas to be true. Yeah. Yeah. And that I think is the sort of the problem with the way that humans on the planet have operated in the past that has created division and wars and these sorts of things because they think people have thought that there's only one way because they're looking at their prism and they're saying, this is what I see and it's correct. And if you don't see it, then you're wrong, but they don't understand that there's actually multiple prisms and that what the other person is looking at is right also. And so it's like us or them, this or that, but really it's actually all inclusive. Yeah. And like what we think, what our prism is is actually our reality and that other people's realities like I feel like literally have different laws to mine like it's so amazing and yeah it's trippy <laughs> yeah and then, and then more and what we choose to like that our beliefs our beliefs create our reality you know that if we keep being vigilant and keep choosing to believe. You know, I asked my teacher the other day, a teacher of mine, how do we change a belief? Because I really feel like beliefs are what our reality is built on. And she said, well, every time we, we notice ourselves believing something that we don't want to believe, we just say, okay, I see you. Um, it's okay. And I love you and you don't serve me anymore. I now choose to believe. I've been doing it a lot with scarcity. I have a lot of, I noticed that I, I can base my reality on the idea that there isn't enough, feels really old, um, there isn't enough money, there's not enough food, there's not enough time, all of it. And now when I notice myself continuing that belief system, I try and catch it and hold it and honor it and say goodbye thanks for serving me at some point you must have done and now I'm going to let you go and now I choose to believe that I have everything I need when I need it I can have everything I need when I need it I can have everything I need when I need it and I keep doing it and I feel like slowly slowly it does work and I think that we have 
I keep having this debate with my sister, my soul sister. Um, she she gets confused and it makes her feel anxious. The idea that we create our reality because what about all the well? Then why are so many bad things happening to me? Bad quote unquote. Um, I didn't create that, and I feel like it's still a lot com more complex than that. I feel like we've got so many unconscious beliefs that we're not aware of that are running underneath and and it takes time this is the thing about being a human we live with time it takes time to heal the wounds of the soul or in in one framing it takes time to change really change it takes time and patience and i've noticed that some prayers some some things that i've wanted to create have taken years and then suddenly i realized whoa that thing that i asked for from the universe, it happened. I'd even forgotten that I'd asked for it, you know? It takes time for me anyway, that's my experience. Yeah, and it's like there's there's you that is manifesting the things and thinking and creating your reality, but then there's also the, the, the bigger picture. It reminds me, I'm picturing like there's a river and then there's you in a boat. And you are, you have a paddle and you can go wherever you want in that river and you can guide, but there's still a current in the mm. river going a certain way. So that's like- Oh, doesn't the river make you feel peaceful thinking about that there's a river and like there's something bigger holding us? Oh yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and, and so then we can do what we- we can manifest within that river and yeah maybe we want to be on the other side of the river but it's not going to be able like it's a big river and it you can't just get there right away so it takes persistence and focus and um just like a reframing of your mind it's cool so what you're talking about about changing your perspectives uh when there are limiting beliefs i went um i was surfing with a couple friends the other day and the waves were really like choppy and kind of kind of discombobulated they weren't clean and easy and nice and in my head i think i was in i was sort of like frazzled and i was in a little bit of like a fear state and so i was paddling for the waves and i and i wasn't catching any waves and i think i started to like cement that in that i was not it's like today is not my day i'm not catching any waves today it's like it was just that sort of like, today's not the day type thing. And then I became aware of these thoughts. And I'm like, why am I thinking this? It's like a negative pattern. And I've caught waves on days like this before. Like, why can't this be the day? And so then I had to sort of like take myself out of the cockpit of this negative track, you know, the airplane going in the wrong way. And then I put myself into the mindset of like, no, I am going to catch a wave. Like this next wave, I'm going to catch. And it's like, it took like a, like kind of a hijacking of the steering wheel to go the other way. And then, and then I just started saying, fuck it and going for it. And, and to catch a wave, you have to be all in, you have to have like your, all of your energy going in the right direction, paddling synchronized and your energy and your weight has to be going forward. And even like the weight of, I was realizing it, the weight of my head, like our heads weigh a lot. And if I, my head is in it and I'm diving forward on the board, that's going to get me in front of the energy of the wave. But if I'm held back and I'm only like 
80% in and my head's back because I think I'm not going to catch it and I'm going to just back up over the top of the wave, then that's going to happen. So I had to like shift my belief and then things just started working and I just started catching waves and it was like, and then my whole mindset was like, I'm catching that wave. Like this next one is mine. And, and it, and it happened. And I was like, it was like a complete reframing of the belief system and the waves were the same. The way, like, like reality is neutral. Right. Like, where are you in that reality? And like, what are, do you believe that you, you are going to win or catch the wave or have success or, or do you believe you're not? Right. So it's not about trying to change the wave, is it? No, because you can't. The waves, are, the waves are the waves. I have the same thing with the fire because I work with the fire a lot. You know, every morning I wake up. If I want a cup of tea, I like the fire. If I want to cook, I like the fire. If I want to be warmer, I like the fire. And I noticed that it responds to the way that I feel in myself. Like if I'm not feeling very good in myself, I notice, oh, no, the fire. Oh, it's not working. Oh, I don't, oh, maybe it's just, oh, I don't have enough sticks or it's too wet or, uh, you know, I didn't get dry enough wood or, oh, it's just not going to. And then I'm, I notice that I catch myself a lot. I have to, no, I'm going to focus. And then I start singing to the fire and I believe in the fire and then the fire happens and the sticks didn't change. The weather didn't change, you know? Mm, yeah, the elements, the elements are great ways to, the, yeah, great teachers, aren't they? Yeah, and it's neat because before it's, it's like it demands more of us than just us sort of showing up like casually or passively. It, it demands that we sharpen our consciousness on that thing. Like, and, it, and, and a fire starts with like one little spot, one little spark and an ember. And that's like, like you have to take your whole consciousness and wake up and like get it together and like put things together the right way. And then like focus all your energy. And then that's when it starts to like, to catch fire and boom. And then you're, and then you're on and then you're, you're into a whole, it's almost like you have to break through like a consciousness bubble and uh shake off the dust and get to it <laughs> um all right so we had spoken before and you mentioned that you might be interested in playing a little tune for us yeah would you be up for that right now yeah i would be up for that well i think that would be great what, what did you uh, i think that would be great mm -hmm. What kind of instrument do you have to play right on? Right now I have my nylon string kind of classical guitar. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was tuning in before what song wants to be on the podcast and this one did. And it's interesting, it's not always what I would have thought. Again, just trying to get out of the way. Mm. And it's a song that I um, co-created with the spirit of the land where I'm staying right now, which is really wild Northwest Wales, very native, beautiful forest um, right by the ocean, really connected to the elements. And I was going through a really, really difficult time and I asked for some help from the earth. 
and this is what came through and if it had a title it would probably be be gentle now
Wow. That was awesome. That was beautiful. Yeah, totally. I, I love the sound of your music. It's like, it's got such like an ethereal, otherworldly, but so grounded in this world, archetypal, but so current in terms of the like connectedness and the direction that you point the concepts. Um, it's awesome. I'm so excited for your, for your album. I'm so excited for the album. I feel like I'm so pregnant. I'm like, it's going to be any day now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great description of it. <sighs> Yeah, that's cool. Like, I, I know how you feel with the like pregnant feel because I kind of feel that way with my art right now. I've been, I haven't had an art show in a, like two years mm. and I've just been making art in the studio and building it up and I've got it all over the walls and on the art racks and I'm like, yeah, same thing. I'm like looking around, like, where can I just like have this, where can I give birth to these things Yeah, and birth them into the world? Maybe a lot of people feel that way. It's been such a, a pregnant kind of crazy time. I feel, and, and like such a self-reflective time in many ways, it's been forced upon a lot of people that it's really that, yeah. And that's, that I think, I feel like there's so much art in the world that wants to be um, birthed or, or to be, and to be seen and to be witnessed, you know? I yeah. feel like it's really, it's really important for, for the soul to, to be witnessed in, in the, their creations. I really feel that. I really, I really like it when people listen to the music. Really, it's really healing for me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a really introspective time for everybody. And it's been an opportunity to slow down and consider everything and think about, it's been cool. I feel like life was just on this wheel that was turning so fast. And it was like, this, this is how, what we do. This is what we do every week. This is how it all works. And um, this is what you do on the weekends and blah, blah, blah. And at least for me, and then completely being disconnected from the regular flow of life was like, wait, I can lift, I can live totally different and I can do this and that. And we don't need to be in these cycles we can engage with what we want, when we want, how we want. And it doesn't matter what other people think or what the world wants us to do or whatever. Yeah, forced. Yeah. Forced, <clears throat> forced introspection. Yeah. <laughs> I'm grateful for it. Oh, I feel like it's gonna be, it's really gonna be so much better than we could possibly imagine what comes from this. Yeah. And, and it's really, really tough. I'm not denying that, but you know, transformation. Yeah. It's like being in a pressure cooker. Yeah. Yeah. The human race got put in timeout and yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> it was like, we all, it was like human, human race, go sit in the corner and think about what you've done. And yeah. 
and everyone had to do that individually. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of change coming out of it. I like to think, so I saw this, this piece of art one time that, uh, and I'll never forget the image. It's of this like spiral going upwards and as it gets higher up, it, it gets wider and bigger. And it was like at the bottom, was 4 billion years ago when the earth was formed. And then as you go up, it goes through time of like the dinosaurs and then like the ice ages and then woolly mammoths and then human, you know, and, and then humans. And then on the human track, there's like the history of the last like 10,000 years and evolution. And then, and then there's like this section that's all like wars, like the last couple hundred years, um, you know, wars get really bad, but then it, it keeps on going. And it like, it depicted this, evolution of consciousness of like evolving up out of the warring time of humans like mm -hmm. such a low level consciousness um thinking that problems are solved that way and that that's the only option and then and then humans turn into these like super high conscious like light beings almost and um maybe this is just a step on the way <laughs> i feel that yeah and so much more than we could possibly imagine too. The river is so much more beautiful and strong and wide and deep than, than we know. Yeah. Speaking of the river, that song of yours is unbelievable. Is that gonna be on the album or was that on the EP? It wasn't on the EP. Okay. I don't know if it's gonna be on the album. I have so many songs. I'll bet. At the moment it's like, I don't even, I don't know how to decide what goes on the album actually. I'm, and I, I find that difficult. <laughs> it's like they all want to be there and I'm trying to work so so having a concept having it be called whispers of the wild means that i'm trying to find the songs that that feel in alignment with that rather than just being like oh these songs really feel like people need to hear them i, I yeah um, i'll probably do some separate tracks as well like some singles or something that you can put out what did you say like a single yeah, single, single would be good. Oh, finding the right person to help me as well. Calling in the right person to help me. I have some, some directions to go in, but I still haven't really found, <clears throat> found the right person to help me. So if anybody has some particularly good angels on their side of finding the right people to record albums, please ask them help me <laughs> totally totally do they have to be local or can they be in other places like can you record in one place and then send it off uh, oh do you need local help or no i would like it if it was somebody that that lived close to me and and i guess there's probably not so many people listening to this right now who know people in um pembrokeshire national park wales but um <laughs> you know the angels might so yeah yeah the angels know a lot yeah <laughs> you can don't hold out on the angels because they might know some things that we don't know 
it's been fun on this podcast uh there's been a lot of musicians especially recently i feel like it's such a the cool thing about it is it's like it showcases artists of all kinds and backgrounds and styles and i love music and always have and it just lends itself so nicely to interviewing musicians and so there's been a lot of that recently a lot of talented people out there mm. so that's what i was asking because there's a couple there's a couple people that come to mind that could maybe help but they're not in your area but you know if that can help i trust i trust that the person is going to come just at the right time and um yeah i just had to start you know yeah start sometimes we have to take the first step and uh, i also have like the vision of what the cover is going to look like that i hold in my mind yeah. as and i and i picture it like being finished and holding it in my hand in the future yeah as a way to kind of bring it yeah bring it into the now yeah yeah that was a conversation at dinner last night uh with some friends about like the power of vision and envisioning what you'd like like to see and when you get there and it happens like you don't even need to try it's not like a an effort of force it's like you just sort of are there and you observe it all happening and almost like a dream. It's, it's wild. Cause you've been there before. Cause you've thought about it. You've like put yourself there plenty. Right. And then life, it, it's interesting because life almost becomes a deja vu instead of like uh, a surprise, you know, like a, a surprise in a bad way or anything. There's somebody who is, I forget who has said it, but they said something along the lines of, the best way to predict the future is to create it. And I think it goes along with what you're talking about. Mm. <laughs> a beautiful one. Let's mm -hmm. create a beautiful future. Yeah. Well, Maybird, mm. this has been great. It's been really nice to hang out with you, Taylor. Yeah. You too. I'm sending you a lot of love from across the ocean. Maybe the whales will carry it for me. Oh, they will. Yeah. The whales and the dolphins. I'll, I'll meet them up with them tomorrow morning in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, anything else you want to say to everybody? No, I'm I, I'm done. I'm done with words. <laughs> thank you for listening <laughs> uh, right thanks everybody we really <laughs> all right maybird that's it cheers thanks taylor so that my friends was maybird the songbird so awesome yeah it was really amazing i came across her a couple of years back at a ceremony that I went to and she was performing her songs and I was hit sideways by it. Like it was it was like music that I'd never really heard before in performed in a way that I'd never really witnessed with like the full compassion, full heart a hundred percent commitment to every note that was being played and 
it was like with her full soul and that was what really hit me and what struck me and made me reconsider myself as an artist and what I was doing and how I was doing my my art and that was something that I meditated on a lot and really helped me raise the level of quality and consciousness that I had surrounding my own creativity and my own creative endeavor as an artist which is really cool and it's neat to think that we can do that for each other by being ourselves a hundred percent and expressing ourselves with full commitment and connection and honesty then we that can transfer over to other people and spread through everybody in a really cool way and it can it can like raise the level of everybody around us that's really awesome so thanks maybird i appreciate you helping me be a better artist um and with that i hope that you guys are making awesome art awesome being any art that you're making with full connection and integrity you don't have to worry about outside judgments of it you just worry about being fully there while you're making it and everything's gonna work out great that's how it works so lots of love to you and your artistic journey whatever that may look like cheers <laughs>